The New Orleans Pelicans have one of the worst defenses in the league. Today, we're going to do a deep dive. Let's get into the numbers, the film, the eye test, all of that to try and diagnose what's going on with the Pelicans on the defensive side of the ball. It's the Tuesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday to talk about everything going on with the Pelicans defense. They've been really bad on that side of the ball this year, and I wanted to really do a deep dive as to why. So the stats behind it. What's going on on the court in terms of play style, all of that, to try and kind of diagnose what's going on, make you a little bit more informed about what we're seeing out there on the court on a nightly basis. Before we get to all of that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need or want and can even help you negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. And don't forget, make Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Defense is on my mind because we saw really poor performance against the Houston Rockets. So I did a quick Google search of like Pelicans defense. Has anyone written about this recently? Nope. No one's talked about it on a podcast, anything like that. It's kind of a topic that isn't covered. These are the things that we cover here on Locked on Pelicans Monday through Friday. No paywall, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. So let's get into it, right? The numbers aren't pretty. The Pelicans have the second worst defense in the league in terms of defensive rating, 113.5, excluding garbage time, which is good, right? So the the minutes that matter. The second worst in the league, only behind the Portland Trailblazers, who just fired Neil Olshay, their team president. So the defense has been bad. And when I started to kind of look at it, you know, watching it, you can see it, right? Like they look unorganized, all that. We'll talk about that more in a second. You have one or two really good individual defenders, but that's about it. But as I started to kind of look at some of that, I wanted to see really where they're falling. And so you turn to stats for a time like this. So I'm using the Cleaning the Glass website, which is a site I absolutely love, created by a former front office guy in the NBA. So one of the things that jumps out at you is the Pelicans are second worst in terms of E field goal percentage. So this factors in that that threes are worth more than twos and they kind of combine that into like one stat right 50% from uh from the field is the equivalent essentially of 33% from three so you kind of merge those two numbers together to kind of give you an overall shooting idea of a team Pelicans are second worst again only behind Portland in terms of opponent e field goal perfect percentage 55.2 percent league leading Brooklyn is 40 49.5 percent but here's the interesting thing when it comes to the Pelicans there's a stat you have called effective like location effective field goal percentage and basically what this stat says is if this team allowed the league average field goal field goal percentage from each location what would their opponent's effective field goal percentage be that e field goal percentage it can kind of give you the sense of a team's uh, opponent shot profile and is it a good defensive shot profile or is it a bad defensive shot profile the pelicans despite having the second worst e field goal percentage for opponents in the league have the sixth best 
the sixth best location e field goal percentage. If they if team shot league average against him, they'd only be giving up 52.2%. Sorry, 52% flat. That's a difference of 3.2%. That's a significant number over the course of the season. So they're giving up a lot of shots, but actually opponents should be shooting worse than them. Why is this? So it comes down to really two areas that are kind of lifting New Orleans up in that, you know, kind of like predicted field goal percentage. One, they allow the, where is it? The third fewest shots at the rim. Teams are only taking 28.4% of their shots at the rim against New Orleans. The most efficient shot in the league. Teams shoot really high percentages at the rim. You're so close, you can kind of just dunk it in. So limiting opportunities at the rim is a really important thing. Secondly, they allow the, where did it go? The eighth most shots from mid-range. So in that kind of, especially in long mid-range too, you want teams shooting further away from the basket as long as it's not a three. So twos are shots you kind of want to give up if you had to choose. New Orleans does a good job with that. They're letting teams take those more, like lower shooting percentage, more inefficient shots being long twos, mid-range twos, things like that. So teams are shooting a lot of twos against New Orleans, not at the rim, which is four feet from the basket, not from three-point range or greater, so kind of in between there. They're doing a really good job of allowing teams to shoot those. But then it's kind of compounded again by the fact that they're giving up um, an insane amount of threes, unfortunately. They're in the bottom third when it comes to their 19th, when it comes to teams taking three-point attempts against New Orleans. But the shot profile, like, that's not horrible, right? You're really limiting the damage from the shots at the rim. You're closer to the middle of the pack than not the middle of the pack when it comes to allowing opponents to shoot threes, and you're letting them take a lot of long mid-rangers, which are shots you want to give up if you had to choose. So why is this not translating over to actual good defensive play for New Orleans? Why is their defense, despite a pretty good opponent shot profile, really looking bad in that area? So let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans as we kind of go through the stat package and start to get into the play on the court and what we're seeing from this team. Before we get to that though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a scam that's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. But Truebill makes it incredibly easy. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your, your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Again, I've said it before, I hate and it happens to me, it happened like two days ago actually, where you get a subscription and it renews and now you're out the money, you've got to go through the hassle of canceling it, you're probably not going to get the money back, you feel dumb. I've put all my subscriptions into Truebill now so that I don't ever have to deal with this again. When one's about to expire and I don't want it, cool, press the button and they handle it for me. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA could save you thousands a year. That is Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through a day who sits in a chair basically day all day long and wants to be tension-free, the Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussion 
percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. And the Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than just vibration. So whether you want to treat muscles from working out, the an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design will make it feel like you're holding something from the future, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers. So try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on therabody.com slash locked on. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, doing a deep dive on the defense, the stats, and we'll get to the on-court play in a minute. So we just went over their shot profile, right? The, it, it's not bad. It's not necessarily amazing. They're giving up more threes than you would like. But again, they're closer to the middle of the pack than not. They're really good at giving up the shots you want to give up, like long twos. And they're pretty good, really good, at limiting, in terms of percentage, shots at the rim. That should mean they're a better defense than they are. But they're not. So it comes down to a couple of things, right? You know, when you when you look at this one, it's the shooting percentages of all of these things that they're doing. And that's where you really start to kind of realize where, where there are issues here. So it's great that they limit the amount of mid-range shots that people are taking. I think that's a very good thing. The problem is that's not a high percentage league-wide. So yeah, you're allowing a lot more there than other teams, but comparable to shots at the rim or shots from three, that number's actually even low. So it doesn't impact the game as much. Teams know not to take those two. So just because the Pelicans hold you down a little bit, when it goes from like 11% of league average or whatever it is to whatever the Pelicans are at, it's actually not that much of a drop and it doesn't matter that much. You'd rather limit the shots from three more so than those shots from two. That's not what the Pelicans are doing. And then when you look at the shooting percentages, it's rough. At the rim, they're 28th worst, so third worst in the league. Teams shoot 67.9%. Let's round it up, call it 68%. League average is 63.7. So they limit shots at the rim, but when teams get to the rim, they score at a well above average rate to the point where the Pelicans are one of the worst in the league when it comes to that. And that's same from three, right? Teams aren't taking a ton of attempts. It could be way worse than when they are, but when they shoot threes, they're making them, more or less. 37.8%, let's round it up, call it 38%. It's 27th in the league, right? So you're fourth worst right there. So despite limiting certain areas, it's just limiting how bad the damage could be. You're not actually limiting some of the damage. Teams are shooting incredibly well at the rim and from three. So despite the their opponent having a not great shot profile, because the Pelicans aren't actually good at defending, it doesn't matter if opponents have an inefficient shot profile because they're going to score so efficiently at the rim, even though they don't do it as often as they could, that it makes up for the lack of attempts at the rim. Right. If you hypothetically, it's like a like think of two and then one. Right. Cool. You're giving up one shot at the rim, but it's scoring two points every single time. 
But if you were to do it where you could, you know, or they could take two shots, you limit them to 50%, it's the kind of equivalent there. That's not a good situation to be in. Their efficiency when it comes to shots at the rim is really bad and from three. So who cares that they're kind of limiting and allowing teams to take these mid-rangers that not a ton of teams are taking. So it really does kind of change a little bit some of the the numbers that you're seeing. So on paper, it looks really good, but it's like a 3-4% difference from mid-range. And given that that is not something that teams take a ton of, it doesn't really ultimately kind of matter. And so that's a little bit disappointing that the Pelicans are kind of in that space when it comes to it. So, yeah, they're, they're, uh, the expected shot quality, that's the stat I was thinking of in the first one that I couldn't, is lo- like a good number because it's lower and that's where you want it to be. In all actuality, it doesn't matter because they're still giving up horrible efficiency on it, which basically just means they're not good defenders. Like that's that's kind of my long way of being like the guys on the team and what they're doing really aren't good. New Orleans is actually decent in a lot of places in terms of some of that efficiency. In transition, they're actually a pretty def- a pretty decent defensive team. They're above average in terms of all transition plays, so off steals and live rebounds. They're not amazing when it comes to live rebounds. They're really bad at giving up a lot of steals, but they're good at limiting the damage those steals can cause. But the problem is scoring in transition is so much more of a higher efficiency play than, say, a half-court play that even if you are a hot, like a good defensive team, it's still whatever per, like points per play you're holding those guys to, it's still higher than the half-court. So you could be an elite transition defense team, but if you're allowing so many opportunities in transition, it's not going to matter if you're elite because teams score at a better rate there even when you're elite at defending that compared to, say, defending in the half court. And the Pelicans are not good when it comes to off of steals. This leads to their turnovers, right? Bad passes get picked off and run down the court. And so when they turn the ball over and over and over, which admittedly has gotten better over the past month or so, it really hurts their defense because of that. But they're overall like not terrible in that area. So when you kind of look at what they're doing, it starts to kind of add up to a really bad defense. They're just not good at defending. So let's talk about the individual players coming up and diving into that and then get into a little bit of the on-court play. But before we do that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to all the latest episodes of Locked On Pelicans or whatever other podcast you also listen to. And the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money, you'll save all that knowledge you'll gain, and how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile to find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for more details. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week for you all, breaking down breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And we're looking at the defense today. 
No one else is talking about this sort of stuff, to be honest, or covering it this way. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast and subscribe on YouTube as well. Leave a five-star review with a comment and tell a friend about the show. And for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints with host Ross Jackson, who is awesome. We hung out in New Orleans a couple weeks ago. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, And he breaks down everything black and gold. Okay, so we just went over the defense, right? You know, we've talked about kind of the numbers behind it all. It all kind of adds up to, yeah, like they're they're not really good. The numbers are a little bit deceiving because they're really good at letting you take mid-rangers one, they're not good at contesting those, and no one really cares anyway. It's the rim and the three-point line. While they limit shots at the rim, you score at a higher percentage there, and the Pelicans are really bad when it comes to that. And so it's adding up to, you know, and they're letting teams shoot lights out from three. So it leads to a bad defense. This comes down to kind of a player's thing. I don't know if there's so much of a scheme thing that the team can do when it comes to this. When you look at the players, you know, and I want you to think for a moment here, who are the good defenders on the team? You've got Herb Jones, who's the best, right? And he grades out as the Pelicans' best defender. When he's on the court, he's saving the Pelicans about 7.2 points per game. You've got then a guy like Trey Murphy, who in limited minutes has done a really good job when it comes to that, saving about 5 points per game. Jonas Valanciunas, about 4.6. And this comes down to when they're on the court, so it's a team number with that. So these guys sometimes overlap a little bit in that. That's really... Kind of it. You know, I think all of the starters have at least been around average. So as a unit, that starter group is working together. Valanciunas has been decent. Devontae Graham has been slightly above average. So has Brandon Ingram. Herb Jones has been elite. And then Trey Murphy is there. But basically everyone else, for the most part, is kind of in that like middle range. Average at best, really bad at worst. And Devontae Graham and Brandon Ingram fall into that. Nikhil falls into that. But when you start to kind of get into, you know, your role players outside your top six guys who I think are okay enough defensively gets bad. I have everyone in my mentions on Twitter telling me Garrett Temple is a real good defender. He is not. He is really bad. And he has played so far this year the seventh most minutes on the team. That's like a high-end role player. He grades out in the 10th percentile. That's low when it comes to defensive efficiency, basically. Teams are scoring about 10 points more against the Pelicans when he's on the court versus not on the court. It's it's not a good number, right? And then Billy Hernan Gomez, who ranks out graded dead last, pretty much. First percentile. When it comes to that same statistic, teams are scoring 16.1 points per game more, uh, per 100 percentages more, when he's out there on the court, when he's not. And those are two kind of guys with key roles right now, right? They're just not good defenders. And you really saw it against the Houston Rockets. This team had no idea where they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to be doing defensively. That one play, right, of multiple guys closing out on Alperin Shengun, a center who could shoot the three, right, but a rookie nonetheless, Two guys, including Garrett Temple, try and close out on him. And he just kicks it over to the corner for an easy three. No one stayed home on that three-point shooter. You see that a lot. You see the rotations be bad. You have a couple of good one-on-one defenders. Herb Jones is great, right? We know what he's capable of doing. I think a guy like Trey Murphy, when he's played those limited minutes defensively, has looked really good. Jonas has moments where he defends the rim, but they need another rim protector. This is more of a roster construction issue than a scheme thing, I think. These guys just aren't good defenders. I don't think a different scheme, and they've run a couple of different ones this year. They've tried switching. They've tried drop coverage, right? We've seen some zone from them at times. Nothing's really worked, which means it's not a scheme thing. It's it's a player thing. You know, you're not going to get better rim protection from any of these guys out there. 
Jonas is doing what he can. He's not that good of a defender. Herb, you know, is fouling a little too much and he's getting a rookie whistle so far. That's not helping things. But who else is going to take away the rim? No one. There's no rim protection there whatsoever for New Orleans. And so that's been a real big problem for this team, I think. And that's a roster issue, right? Guys not knowing when to rotate or where to be other than Herb Jones leads to open threes eventually. And so while teams aren't taking a ton of them, they're still in the bottom third when it comes to it, right? They're shooting lights out because those are such wide open looks. Because you go out and you contest, then they pass the ball, and now you're scrambling, right? You're scrambling trying to get from place to place to place. And you, you go and contest, you got your arm out trying to get out there. The guy just kicks the ball over. Okay, so someone scrambles over to the next guy. And then it's another pass, right? And eventually they're going to find the open man. And then that shot gets taken and it gets made because it's a really clean look. And that's a problem for New Orleans. And that's a defensive thing, right? Kyra Lewis Jr. has looked lost out there, I think, at times. You see it with Garrett Temple. He is not a good defender. There's Josh Hart doing what he can but he's even still a little bit overmatched. And he's more of a hustle guy in terms of rebounds and loose balls and those kind of things. There's just no real good elite defenders there. Brandon Ingram is better than he was last year, yeah, but he's still not good when it comes to that sort of thing. And that's a real big problem for this team. You have a lot of guys in key roles for this team right now. You know, Billy's playing significant minutes enough for this team, right? He's the, he's the big off the bench right now. But if he can't defend and he doesn't, he gives you everything offensively. I got no complaints overall about him, but he's not a good defender. Gets worked on that side of the ball. Same for Sadoransky. You know, same for others. That has been a big problem this year that you have a lot of guys that just aren't good defensively. And it's not a scheme thing. It's just they don't know where to be. They're not hustling there. They look a little bit lost out there. So maybe Willie Green can coach them up. But until you do that... You know, when you go out there contest and they put the ball on the court and just drive to the rim, they're going to score on you. Or they'll see Valanciunas down there, but at this point, they've gotten around the guy on the perimeter and they'll take that mid-range shot, which you kind of want them to do, except the problem is New Orleans gives up a high percentage of mid-range. You know, they teams shoot really well there, unfortunately. They're giving up those shots. You want them to give those shots up, but teams are shooting above league average against them from mid-range because you get around those guys and all of a sudden you're in some space. You're going to pull up and take that jumper. Is it inefficient? Somewhat, yeah. But when you're open, you still make them. The team's going to lose games. And that's what you're really seeing. So that's really what's going on with the defense right now. I think this is more of a personnel issue than anything else. And I don't know if there's an easy answer on how to fix this other than either just try and beat them by scoring more points, you know, and just going all out on offense, but a heel trade would be, you know, kind of fit in those lines. But otherwise it's not great because I don't know if this is something that can kind of get fixed very, very easily. You know, there's a couple of other misleading things. I'm going a little long and I'll wrap up soon after this here. Pelicans look like a good defensive rebounding team on paper and they are. Their defensive rebounding percentage. So basically, did they not allow offensive rebounds, right? An estimate of the percentage of available defensive rebounds a team grabbed uh, available to them. They grade out really well in that. They're 11th best. They're they're grabbing 78.2% of available defensive rebounds. That's good. The problem is teams are making their shots. It doesn't mean they're getting to rebound very often. So when you look at that, they're 11th best there, but when it comes to total rebounds, well, that's a bad number because they're 26 in the league because they're not getting a ton of them because teams are making those shots. 
So that's a problem for New Orleans. And then it hurts their offense because now that defense gets back and can get set and they're not able to play in transition. And now it's those things that compound in themselves like a flowing game of basketball often has. So some things to kind of keep in mind when it comes to all of that. Everyone, for the most part, is middle of the pack at best when it comes to being a defender. And that adds up to a unit that is not very good and getting worked so far this season is the Pelicans' second-to-last defense in the league behind the Portland Trailblazers, who feel like a bit of a mess right now. Not where you want to be, but hopefully this is where Willie Green can earn his money. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Game day tomorrow as they take on the Denver Nuggets. We will talk about that one. And now for your second listen, make sure it's Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.